Hey, what's up, everybody? This is an open discussion with C3 Films. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today we're going to be talking about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, we are going deep into the lore and talking about potential spoilers for other Star Wars movies, too. So generally, if you haven't seen Star Wars movies... Don't watch this right now. Go watch the entire like back catalog of films and television shows and then come back and watch this. Joking. We're not going to get that in depth, but their potential spoilers might come out. Yeah. So with that, we're going to go ahead and we're just going to get right into it. So Cheryl, tell me, what <laughs> did you think of my movie? I really love this movie. It is not without its problems. And there are a few things that I would change. But overall, this is one of my favorite Star Wars movies of all time. Woo! Even counting the actual Star Wars movies. Um, and I think... I guess that is a lot. That is a lot to say. But I think the reason why is because... I felt like the story was strong. I love how it gave us the a piece of, um, I guess it's it, it is the first one-off story. I think, um, if you yes. don't count like the Clone War stuff, mm -hmm. um, and I think because it it was the first one-off, it did almost uh, it, it it did uh, if you remember me talking about it when we were doing our show for Force Awakens. It brought something that we were expecting, and it delivered in yes. the way that episode one brought what we wanted and delivered, but Rogue One delivered more. Force Awakens didn't deliver anything, so we're just gonna <laughs> watch that episode. So, <laughs> but right. um, but yeah, I think that's why I loved it so much, just because that delivery, the connection to the main story. And just having all, like, it just brings everything back. True. And one of the things about this movie is that it's one of the, it might be the first Star Wars, like, movie um, that does not feature a Jedi in the film. Um, yes, you do have Vader, but there are no Jedi, there are no Jedi in the movie. And when you think about it, it's interesting because of the fact that the only color lightsaber you see in this film belongs to a villain. You only see red. And I think that's one of those things that shows that you can make good Star Wars content not based around Jedi. And I love Jedi. I, I you know, got my lightsaber sitting back here. But, like, it shows that you can make good storytelling just in this universe because it's the universe of Star Wars as a whole that is so fun and interesting that you want to be a part of. And I stand by the fact that it is hard to make a movie like this if there isn't a sequel already in place. So much like Revenge of the Sith, I love that movie because it ends on a downer. It ends with the villains like winning. The, the government is overthrown and Palpatine is victorious. He has achieved what he wanted, and he turned the most powerful Jedi to the dark side. And that's the end of the movie. Done. And Rogue One is like that, too. It is a movie that ends on a dour note. And 
the thing about it is that it works to the movie's favor and credit because it means that you can do whatever you want. Now, all of a sudden, all these people who you normally wouldn't feel like were in any danger are all in danger because you know the result. You know at the end of Revenge of the Sith, the Jedi got to die. So now every time you meet a new Jedi, you're like, oh, oh no, you're... I, I like you. I don't want you to. I don't want anything to happen to you. Anakin, you're a good guy. I don't want you to turn evil. You guys are the guys that stole the Death Star plans. I don't want you to die. And it adds more to the film because now all of a sudden you can kill off all these characters, and it's and it's it's heartbreaking. But you can get away with things because of the fact that there is another movie after this. So it means that you can actually just go all out on this movie and just make it as depressing as you want Mm -hmm. i mean it's not really just making it depressing but it's also just like even though it ends on a down note they were still victorious there was a victory there and the other thing that you know just going off of the whole thing about there not being any jedi in the movie just kind of tells us like there's this universe and this world and Jedi are not the only heroes. Yep. There's a world of heroes out there and everyone, even the smallest person can contribute to saving the world or saving the universe in this case. And I think that kind of, you know, is, is a cool thing to say to like people in general. It's just like anyone can be important. If you do things, if you do big things, you can be important. Right. And there's little, and it's, it's, it's shown to such like great effect by the end of the film. And the big, like one of my biggest issues with the force awakens is that they did not feel like a team of people that were able to work together and that had different skills that they could use to enhance the other, the other person. But this is almost like a video game where these characters come together. It's like they they get this these six people, the this party, this party that they collect just hap, haphazardly and they all have different skills and they all cover one each other like one another. When you when they go to Adao or Edu, EDAU, I forget how to say it. Um when they go to that planet, Edo, Edo where Edo. uh Jin's father is at. Yeah, when they go there and you have Jen on the platform, and then you have everybody else kind of covering her while they're while they're there. You have the pilot doing his thing, like already ready to take off with the ship and taking out people that are coming. And then when they actually go to Scarif, it's the same thing. Everybody has something to bring to the team. And with if you take any one of those team members out, if you take K two away, if you take um, Bodhi away, if you if you take um, Bays. if you take him away all of a sudden everything falls apart so i think one of the things i love most about the movie is that it literally does take every single member of the team to make their mission a success and also why i like how they call um the team rogue one because they're basically all like coming from an outside an outside place like they it's almost like they have nothing left each one of them which is also why uh it makes sense that they all end up dying um because it, it's kind of like well yeah you're sad that they die but then at the same time you kind of understand that it's almost like 
they have nothing to go back to besides continue fighting for the rebellion. Because right. they, they've all lost everything. They're all taken from from where their like home is, even the, the pilot. Because he mm-hmm. can't be part of the, uh, the Empire anymore because he betrayed them. Nope. So he only has the rebellion. Uh, Jen's family is gone. Everyone, uh, even uh, Sam... Or, I mean, not Sam, Saw. <laughs> Saw Guerrero. Saw yeah. Guerrero's gone. Um, so, and I, I think that's also why I was so happy, because you know how I am with everybody dying. I'm just mm-hmm. like, yes, everybody dies. That, yeah. that, that's that's cool writing. When you when you can make that work, when you can kill off your characters and not piss people off, that that that's a really talented thing to be able to do to write that. You're right. And there was a talk that they actually filmed one version where Jin and um Cassian survived. And I remember feeling like that would have been so much weaker like i i it hurts but i like the fact that they don't make it off um make, they don't make it off the planet that they really had to sacrifice everything for this rebellion to happen which leads us right into a new hope they were the catalyst of that new hope and so i think that it is very strong and it makes it so that even though and i think this is interesting the fact that you know they're going to die is almost more stress inducing than watching a film where you see the main characters and you expect them to live. They could die, but you expect them to live because they're the main characters and you don't know if they're going to die. Like I'm more stressed knowing that a character is going to die than I am not knowing a char- if a character is going to die because there's an expectation of they'll be fine. Whereas with this movie, there's an expectation that they won't be fine. So the question I have is, when's it going to happen? Is it going to happen now? It didn't happen now. Is this coming? And then there's even like a slight, there's a slight feeling in my brain where it's like, maybe they could live. Maybe someone in this team will survive. And you hope that maybe that's the thing that will happen. Mm-hmm. And and I was, I was really sad when they all died because... You know, I did have that hope that someone would survive, but then it also made sense because we never see them in the future movies, so mm-hmm. it, it kind of has to make sense that they didn't survive because they would be carrying on the work of the rebellion um, in the in the in a new hope and so on if they did survive. Um, what right. I didn't like though was um, my I guess I have mixed feelings. Uh, about the mm-hmm. whole ending because when Cassian fell from the like you said no one mm-hmm. no one takes fall damage <laughs> in Star Wars <laughs> movies um I thought I thought that that he should have they, they that was a good opportunity to just let him die there I think maybe he could have bowed out in a in a better different way um, but K2 just died, so maybe a little bit spaced out more and in a different way. But um, I, I didn't like that he comes back to save the day, that he saves the girl 
and mm-hmm. and then they die together. I mean, I like that. I like that they died together, but I think it would have been stronger if maybe he didn't come back and help her at the end. And therefore, I think it just it just didn't work work for him to die with her. It was nice that they. I, I like that scene where they died together, but I feel like I needed him to die sooner so that Jin could be the last ending hero. Right. It almost, it kind of, I think, yeah, it almost kind of makes it seem stronger for her if she is the last uh, last person standing. Um, but at the same time, I see why they did it that way because the point was that she was alone her entire life. And now at the end of it, she wasn't. And I think that was the point for her, kind of, like, I think Cassian lived not for him, but Cassian lived for her, so that when she was dying, she didn't die the way that she lived, which was alone. That's a fair point, I guess. <laughs> but like I said, <laughs> I had mixed that feelings about it, because I, I did enjoy, I did like that they got to die together, and that was just such a powerful scene of them just hugging, hugging it mm-hmm. out until the end. Uh, before yep. they before they die together after going through all of that, but maybe I guess the thing that bothered me the most was that he saves her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I can I can understand that as well. Um, I I want to talk about real quick. Um, can we talk about how gorgeous this movie looks? Yes, it like, was so beautiful. I think aesthetically, this is one of my favorite Star Wars films just from a a cinematography point of view. I I think you'd be hard pressed to, f- to find a prettier looking Star Wars film than this. It is gorgeous. Yeah, like surprisingly, uh even even I think Force Awakens and the the uh sequel the sequels, I don't mm-hmm. think that they even look as good as Rogue One. Like Rogue One is just everything is just so rich and like did they shoot it on film or something? Is that why it looks so good? Um, Maybe. I don't know. I I didn't look it up. But yeah, like even like the opening shot, I I, I do have to say, uh, I was expecting the whole Star Wars crawl and everything. (laughs) But right, right. But but it's not one of the episodes, I guess. Mm, So I guess it doesn't have to be there, but. And then I was really thrown off because the first two notes were the same notes as like the Star Wars theme, but then it kind of goes off into like other notes and like that's the Rogue yep. One theme, and it like mm-hmm. kind of threw me off at the the first time I heard it. But then the more that they used that music throughout the film, I was like, okay, I get it. This is their theme. This is their this is their jive. I like it now. It's it it's good for me. It works for me because it's close to like a a star wars sounding song but it's not it's not star wars because it's a one-off so Mm -hmm. i can accept it for what it is (laughs) yeah no i like that like i wrote that down too that this movie didn't have an opening crawl or even like the traditional star wars theme but it makes sense when you think about what this movie is and they want to separate it from the traditional episodes and it it works. It, it, it is an in-between story. It's an in-between story between The Revenge of the Sith and uh, A New Hope. So I I really did like it a lot. 
And I want to say that um, one of the things that did bother me as a fan that came from the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, um, and I hadn't seen Rebels at the time, so let me just say Clone Wars, when it came to the character of Saw Gerrera, like, I love Gerrera as a character, and I love that this movie kind of delves into the seedier side of the Resistance. Like, in A New Hope, the Resistance is played, or the Rebellion is played as uh, a group of people that are genuinely good people and they're on the right side of everything and they can do no wrong they are the heroes traditional good versus evil but i like the fact that rogue one delves into kind of the whole gray area of what it really takes to win a war and cassian being a part of that and guerrera being a part of that and using their guerrera warfare is really <laughs> really awesome you didn't just do that <laughs> <laughs> funny so, though but... no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> but um but my issue was like it feels and looking at the movie separately as just a standalone movie maybe you can tell me how you feel but Following that character of Saw Gerrera and seeing this movie as his conclusion, when you when I saw him initially in the Clone Wars, when I saw him as a kid and I see his sister die and I see him um, and I know his origin and I know like what he becomes, like thinking about his end in Rogue One feels like a strange way for him to die as far as the character conclusion himself. I'm not done watching Clone Wars. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. You just ruined it for me. <laughs> so Sorry. I actually don't know much about Saul Guerrero, but mm-hmm. um, I from from me not knowing anything about this, the first time I'd seen that character, mm-hmm. um, I I thought it was a little over the top. <laughs> Right, but also like, I liked I liked it though because <laughs> because I mean it's Forrest Whitaker and you know that like I didn't know he was in the Clone Wars but I could tell that he well I know that he is more important now because I played Fallen Order and he's right. in Fallen Order so. Yeah. Um, so I had a feeling like, oh, there's actually more to this character than I know. Uh, and mm-hmm. now I know where I'm going to find that, but. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that spoiler, by the way. But yes, he is in the Clone Wars. He is in Fallen Order and he is in Star Wars Rebels. And he is the person that you see. Um, he is somebody that is about winning no matter, no matter the cost. And he is like that in the clone wars um excuse me he's like that in fallen order as well so just knowing that the 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 lifespan of that character that felt like a strange end for me as a fan but at the same time they make it clear that he's kind of lost his mind he's kind of at his wits end but it just feel it does feel a little bit weird because fallen order doesn't take place that far in advance from actually no that's wrong. Fallen Order is like 14 years before Rogue One. So, never mind. Like, forget but that you, point. I mean, like, that, that, all that, 
all of that aside, you could still tell that he has been through a lot and he has seen a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So and and it's pretty obvious like he's he's like a boss guy mm-hmm. and and so I mean you you just get it like you 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 can get that character um and him being over the top is just entertaining <laughs> it's just fun uh especially with the music when he like the first time you really see him the music mm-hmm. is so dramatic and he, he's just <laughs> breathing oxygen and like that was just I didn't think it was dumb I thought it was funny mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like whoa okay <laughs> yeah no it's good um I so one thing that I still find odd rewatching the movie Tarkin how did you feel about that digital recreation of, I forget the actor who played Tarkin in A New Hope, but um, how do you feel about that digital recreation of that character who, um, the actor who played him, passed away? I wish they recast him. Um, I know they recasted, because uh, I looked it up, or if we looked it up, uh, Mon Mothma, Mon Mothma. Yeah. was recasted. Um, and I think I saw another guy who is in one of the original trilogy. Trilogy. But mm-hmm. he was definitely a recast. So I wish that they recasted him too, since he had a like a a pretty predominant role in the movie. Um, yeah. But it, like the the CGI faces are just really bad, and yeah. for for Princess Leia, I they I don't think they needed to do it at all. Like you know what she looks like. From behind, I would like how great and powerful would it have been if she never turns around? Mm -hmm. Like, she didn't need to turn around, and like that itself would have been like because I remember when I watched it when I first saw her before she turned around, I was like geeking out. I was like, oh my god, and and then she turns around, and then you see her like terrible CGI face, and then you just get pulled out of it. So, I I think they shouldn't do it. I know they they did it uh, in uh, in other places too, but yeah, (laughs) um, I think they should stop doing (laughs) stop doing. Probably, I think that um, deep fakes are probably the way of the future when it comes to Hollywood recreating recreating dead actors. But um, it always, whenever it's been done, not just in Star Wars but in other things too, it always feels a little jarring, mm-hmm. and very uncanny valley. Yeah, I mean, I, like I know that like some characters are super iconic. Like mm-hmm. it would be really hard to recast Princess Leia if. But yeah. if you like really, really had to, I think the people would understand. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's almost like when you are doing um, uh, like Selena for uh on Netflix, they casted an actress to play some uh a celebrity that yeah. is no longer with us. So, but we get it because we know that's who it's supposed to be, and so. I think as an audience, we understand that we can't have that person anymore, and so we just have to have a recast. But we know who it right. is based off of their other iconic appearances. So, so yeah, yeah. So you're arguing that it's less important to have them look like the person, and more important just to have 
the character in a way that doesn't take the people out of the story. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, I think I can agree with you there. Um, no, so yeah, because it 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 took me out every time I saw Tarkin, and I was like, I I get it. I know why you're here. Um, you were super important in A New Hope, and you're you should be alive, and you would be like over this, but. Every time I see you, you're the you're the one part of this movie that's kind of like a blemish for me. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that I would have maybe enjoyed, because I know we're going to talk about this um, a lot, so I'm just going to bring it up now. I wish that um, the, the first and only time that we see Darth Vader is that last scene. Oh, yeah. You don't want to you don't want to see him um, when when Krennic goes to talk to him. You don't want to see him there. You want that first scene, exactly. last scene. Because we also, because we already heard Tarkin say that Vader would take care of the people. So we know that Vader is in this movie and we've heard Vader mentioned. But yeah, no, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. But we also like all the scenes that Vader is in. He d- It doesn't need to be him. It could be someone else. It could be Tarkin. It could be rewritten or even omitted, I think. Um true but like i just think having that last scene for vader being the first and only would be like it's just so like i want to talk about other stuff that i I don't want to spoil other star wars stuff for people here but i think you know what i'm talking about oh the point is vader is scary yeah (laughs) that's the point (laughs) i get it and And when you see vader you want to run and it's almost like a surprise when you first see him. Like, how cool would it be, like, when it's, like, dark and they all turn around and you don't, like, mm. see anything, but you, you hear, hear the, the breathing and then you see that lightsaber come out? That's Ooh. like, ooh! I was gonna Chill. be, like, fangirl geeking out over here to see it. <laughs> Not that I didn't already, but I think having seen him already in the movie... It, it waters it down. It does. So it, it takes the power away a little bit from that. So <laughs> No, you're 100% right. Because like the thing about Star Wars universe is that when you see A New Hope and onward, like that original trilogy, there's certain things that don't seem that scary because of the place that we're seeing them in or what are around. But like this movie and like other media for Star Wars can show you how scary these things can be. Like, Vader is scary. If you are, even if you are a Jedi, Vader is scary. And so for regular people, Vader's got to be like the boogeyman. And I, I, I like that idea for him. And even something simple as a, a walker or an AT-AT, like if you are on the ground and, you're, and you don't have air support and this thing is coming at you, it is terrifying. And like, I think that that's another thing Rogue One did very well is that when these things are walking t- walking at you, shooting at you, it is horrifying. It is like, am I going to die today? And I saw like, and yeah, I think I agree where if Vader, if they had just used, saved him, if they held back just a little bit, it could have made that scene not only still amazing and like cool, but also extra scary because this is like, you can do nothing. Yeah, I feel like if I was watching in the movie and I didn't expect that at all, like, they didn't even mention that Vader would be in this movie or anything and then I saw that I would be like I think 
I would be screaming in the yeah. theater, like, oh my god. <laughs> I would have been. And, 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 like, what a cool movie experience. Like, can you imagine being in a theater full of f your fellow nerds and everyone's just going wild, like, seeing that for the first time? Like, I was already, like, that whole last sequence with, with Vader and then going to Princess Leia, because, like, mm -hmm. when you first watch it, I think you might not, like, at least I didn't register that it was going to lead directly in Nickly. to the first yeah. scene in A New Hope. I like, didn't. I didn't see it coming. So just, like, having that surprise, like, those two things where you have Darth Vader and then, like, you're already freaking out about Darth Vader being there. And then you have Princess Leia and then you're freaking out about Princess Leia being there. Like, it had, mm -hmm. like, this movie has like, one of the most powerful, shocking, like, like, uh, what do you call, uh, pleasing, or, you know, it's for mm, the fans. Pleasing. It yeah. is for the fans. And they did it, they, they did it almost right. <laughs> almost right. But good enough for us to just be like, <laughs> and that's why I love this movie so much. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And see, like, Bill Organa um, is another character that's in this movie, and he talks about, like, he mentions, he doesn't mention Leia by name, but you know that she exists because um, Ma Mothra, Moth Mothma asked him, like, oh, who do you trust or who are you going to get to do it? Do you trust them? And he says, I trust her with my life or I trust her more than anyone. And you know who he's talking about. He's talking about his adopted daughter. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's I think that that's awesome, and it's great that they got that actor to come back from the Clone Wars to play um, Bail Organa again in uh, the um, in this movie. And so this leads me to one of my final questions I want I need to ask you is like we I don't think we ever see Bail Organa die on screen. So he in this movie he says, "Oh, I'm going to go back to Alderaan so that I can warn them about this." Um, Death Star, which I, I mean, and I guess we were always led to believe this to be the case, but I guess he dies on Alderaan off screen because mm -hmm. we never see it. We never see him die in the explosion, but we know that he was probably on Alderaan when it blew up. So that kind of sucks. Bill Organa's character, that's another character conclusion that is unfortunate, but yeah, he kind of dies off screen. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I, you know, I think it's it's okay because this movie I really feel is like, well, here's a new hope right here. And then they mm -hmm. make this other movie and they're like, let's just, you know, put the puzzle right there and click <laughs> and make sure everything fits together. And I think they did a pretty good job about that. Um, I had like a, a, a few questions arise um, because, mm -hmm. uh, because I also recently watched uh, episode two uh, but I won't go into that. Uh, but it has to do with the plans, um, and how how the plans came about. And so I think it fit really well with episode four, but uh, it, it's a little bit disconnected from two and three. So because of right. because they have the the concept of the plans in the prequels. So. Mm -hmm. um, but it's okay right. because it, it it fits directly into a new hope, so you're not paying attention to that stuff. Right. It also fits in other things too because, um, like, we won't spoil Fallen Order for you guys, but 
it also fits in Fallen Order as well if you played that game. And if you played the game, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. But they're like this movie, Rogue One, fits also very perfect into um, Fallen Order and vice versa. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice like. I, I guess it's nice to have these sort. It's a little bit uh, like like Solo is is different because that that's like an origin story. This like mm-hmm. really it it's kind of like filling in the gap between the prequels and the sequels, and that's something that is like a just a cool and fun concept because then it opens up the possibilities to tell more stories that dance around the main storyline. So it's kind of like you have this main storyline and then you're getting all these subplots that come in the form of movies. And like if, if done right, it's just very exciting because it's just, you know, like a crowd crowd pleaser for the fans. And like, we, we don't want Star Wars to end. We don't because it's just, it's such a great world that, that that's been built and, and having something like Rogue One fit so well into the storyline. It's just, gotta love it. Yeah, and it's one of the reasons why the television shows have been like so successful because the Clone Wars show takes place in between two and three. And you can believe it because they fought that war for years. So now you have all these stories that just add to the overall story of the universe. And then when you're watching The Mandalorian, it takes place after uh, Return of the Jedi. So now here's a whole new era of Star Wars we didn't even realize we wanted explored. How did the war, how did the universe look? How did the galaxy look after the fall of the Empire? And now we can like like be in that world and that universe, and that's interesting. So. I agree. I, I love these um, these kind of ancillary stories that kind of exist in these branches and like off of like the main movie line and having them fit in and fall in order as well or Star Wars Rebels. Like it really starts to fill out this whole universe. Mm-hmm. It's just like so, getting these moments where like you're, you want to grab on to the person next to you and be like, look, <laughs> look, look, look. That's a thing. I know that thing. <laughs> Like that's the guy that Obi Wan's gonna cut his arm off later. That's the guy that I don't like you. I don't like he doesn't like you. I don't like you either. We know him. Uh, one more thing before we wrap things up because I know we're going really over, but I yes. have to say uh, I I just want to talk about uh, Donnie. Uh, Donnie yeah, and how like awesome he is. One thing I really wanted to say was that I liked how all the characters kind of got a moment to show off their skills. Uh, I think that was very important to me. Just, you know, another way to show uh, when all these characters are introduced, how special each one is. And then they all have... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then when they all die, they all have a moment to bow out. Like, they really bow out, like, here's the last thing I'm going to do with my life, and then they're gone. And, like, all of that is just so powerful. Like, oh, this movie is so good. You're just giving me more reasons why I like this movie more than the entire sequel sequel trilogy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I didn't even think about uh, that in that way. You're 100% right on that. And, like, I love the fact that they even mentioned the wills in this movie. They, they talked about Donnie Yen being the guardian of the wills. Um, and I'm like, they're actually mentioning the wills because the wills don't come in in any movie. 
so the fact that they just casually mentioned it here, I thought was interesting because I know mm-hmm. that uh, George Lucas would have made his sequel trilogy exploring the the wills a little bit more. Um, but it's just it's so interesting that they actually mention it here when it's something that's not been that explored so far in the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to unwrap in this movie. So if you didn't like it, I hope you like it now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we've we could talk about Star Wars all day, and but we're gonna go ahead and call it there. But what did you guys think about the movie? Have you seen it? Uh, did you like it? Did you not like it? Did you like the do you do you like the sequel trilogy? Whatever you thought, comment below. Let us know. And while you're down there, if you give us a like, share, and subscribe. But even if you don't, though, I've been Chris, and this has been Cheryl, and we will see you guys next time.